Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of our podcast Film Dive, where we deep dive into our favorite movies and have conversations. And this is your host, Naman. And this is your host, Togo. Today on this episode, we're going to be talking about the film Beau Travail, which was directed by Claire Denis. And the movie was released in 1999, which, which is, is the year that... Which is the year that I was born and mm-hmm. the year that Togo was one years old. Yeah, a baby. It was a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I guess the reason why we wanted to talk about this movie was because we felt really strongly about it. We both watched it and we couldn't stop thinking about it, couldn't stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. It would just pop up in our conversations here and there. Mm-hmm. So that's why we felt like, okay, why not just do a podcast? We spend like hours talking about this movie anyways. Yeah. Um, but since this, since this is our first episode, obviously it's going to be probably going to be a little bit unstructured, mm-hmm. uh, casual. Let's start with the film. So we can talk about our first encounter with the film. Mm-hmm. So how did you come across? Um, so I first saw the movie on an Instagram story. I just, somebody was talking about it. I saw the poster, it looked really good. And I was like, let me watch this movie. I didn't look anything up. And I just watched it. And within the first five to 10 minutes, I was completely blown away by how amazing the movie looked the cinematography mm-hmm. was just so beautiful and it just i don't know if a movie has good quality like that's what it has you know it's just yeah it's so complete and so perfect that's how it seemed to me and even at my second rewatch i was thinking i still can't take my eyes away from this movie i wanted to kind of take down notes for this podcast but mm-hmm. i still couldn't take my eyes away because i felt like if i just looked down i would miss something that was really nice or miss mm-hmm. a dialogue dialogue that was really important Mm-hmm. I think I came across it on Letterboxd. I remember like I saw the poster and I couldn't really take my eyes away from the poster because it seemed like a movie that I might really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Then watched it one evening, um, probably with a wine, and I was blown away. And that ending scene really like hit me in a way that I haven't really felt from a lot of other mm-hmm. films in a while. Like yeah. there's only like certain films that really kind of struck you in that same way. Mm-hmm. For a few days, I couldn't stop thinking about the ending scene, mm-hmm. the dance, so I would just go on YouTube, mm-hmm. watch that scene. You know you really like a movie when you keep re-watching scenes on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I'd be doing something completely different, mm-hmm. and then it just pops into my head, and I'm like, okay, I, wanna, I just want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should kind of give a background on what this movie's all about. It's set in the East African country, Djibouti, and follows a group of French legionnaires. Mm-hmm. They're called the French Foreign Legion, and what the French Foreign Legion is, is it's a part of the French army that was established in the late 19th century, and what's unique about it is that the people who can join the legion don't have to be French nationals. People mm-hmm. from other nations can actually join the French Legion and serve the French army. So the there's a number of, I don't know how many, maybe 10 to 20 I would say, soldiers, yeah, like 20, 20 soldiers. Yeah, in, the, in the movie. And they're all from different walks of life. Some mm-hmm. of them are fr- from France, some of them are from Russia and other nations. The legionnaires are with two of their higher-ups. One of them is the commandant Bruno Forestier, mm-hmm. um, who's not quite the protagonist. He's more in the background of the movie, but he's still there. And then there's also the general sergeant Galou, mm-hmm. who is kind of the protagonist yeah. slash the anti-hero of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then there is... Um... Yes, and then you can talk about <laughs> the man. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have Sintan, 
who is uh, apparently able to seduce everyone uh, mm. in this movie, which was quite true for both of us too. <laughs> Um, Santan is um, a new soldier into the Legionnaire. Because mm-hmm. the characters in the movie have just have a strong initial feelings towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he's able to capture everyone's attention and just his presence mm-hmm. is really like felt mm-hmm. in the room, yeah. uh, wherever that he is. And that he's, kind of creates a turmoil in... Galu's really structured life. Mm -hmm. He is a man who has been serving, I guess, for the past five years. And, you know, his life is perfectly structured. Mm -hmm. Everything is... He, yeah. yeah. He describes himself as the perfect legionnaire. Yeah. And he takes a lot of pride in it. Yeah, so it's his way of life. uh, That really, you know, structures soldier life right? Mm-hmm. Everything done perfectly, like full respect for your commander and the legionnaires obeying him. And it's just, he likes control. He likes to be in control of uh, his surrounding, everything in his life. But this new soldier, Sintan, kind of disrupts the rhythm of his life mm-hmm. in a way that he can reverse back from it. So yeah. that's kind of what happens in the movie. Oh yeah, and then the main kind of relationship triangle is between the commander Bruno, Galu, and our soldier guy, um, Santan. Yeah, I actually, when I was first watching the movie, I didn't catch that Galu has feelings towards Santan. Because Mm -hmm. Santan's extremely attractive, he seems like a natural leader, and he's quite charismatic. His feelings towards Santan is portrayed, or at least when he brings them out, they're subverted you know mm-hmm. there's not a trace of love or yeah there's not like a trace that, that of trace of attraction is like her attraction yeah translated mm-hmm. into like hatred mm-hmm. when it comes out into a behavior yeah, yeah and it was so subtle that i didn't even notice that it, mm-hmm. this movie had like actual themes of homoeroticism yeah but when i googled the movie after my first watch the movie's category or like the, its genre was written down as an lgbt movie mm-hmm. and that's when it clicked i was like oh yeah <laughs> uh, for me it was quite the opposite i recognized that attraction right away mm-hmm. i knew i knew that galu was attracted like mm-hmm. he was just that like his gaze how he couldn't like stop looking at mm-hmm. santan and how he's describing it's just like this um, initial attraction that you feel and that you can't quite hold back but what i didn't really recognize was that the jealousy aspect of it so on my second rewatch that's what i really mainly focused on Mm -hmm. like how this feelings of jealousy towards santan Mm -hmm. that was more apparent to me in the second watch Mm -hmm. and uh, you know to me it almost felt like it was a love story at my first watch (laughs) like i thought you know like it was really like his attraction towards Santan and like how he just couldn't get over it till the last minute mm-hmm. um, of the movie and I that's what I was mm-hmm. kind of imagined the movie as but there was more to the story mm-hmm. yeah yeah the jealousy is a really important part of it and that part is kind of mediated by the commander Forestier right mm-hmm. because Galoop makes it very clear from the beginning that he likes Forestier's approval and he sees Forestier to be somebody who doesn't have any ideals but that he is the one who actually Mm -hmm. does meet his ideals by Mm -hmm. being the perfect legionnaire and when he sees um, Santan getting approval from Forestier that's kind of it's just further pushing him to the edge like he just can't handle it anymore yeah 
I think he hates the fact that other people are also attracted to him mm-hmm. and makes it obvious. Yeah. I feel like if it was the sense where Commander was not giving that kind of special treatment to Santan, mm-hmm. then I feel like maybe he could have dealt with it a bit mm-hmm. better. But he just couldn't deny the fact everyone else was yeah. just enamored by Santan yeah. and, you know, was willing to show that. Mm-hmm. Especially his commander and, you know, was kind of like torn between, I guess his attraction to him, but then also, like, the jealousy yeah. of, like, the attention that he's getting mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so, like, it's so hard for him, right? Because everybody keeps affirming something about Santan that he wants to bring down, that he doesn't yeah. want to admit. His hatred towards Santan is really real. It's like these two feelings that is right next to each other. Mm-hmm. It's like his attraction and then this hatred. And um, so we can maybe talk about... I mean, we quite talked about Galu as a character, but we can talk more in detail about him. Mm-hmm. So the movie starts off in a club, and there's a lot of local women who are dancing, who are quite open. They're dressed in modern ways. And then there's, we see Santan. He's, you know, the first look at him kind of establishes who he is, while the other legionnaires are kind of lurking around the women. They're really excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Santan almost looks... Like, he's not interested. He's extremely detached from the scenario. There's just a different aura about him. And we see Galut dancing with this woman who continues to be his side love interest throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we, I think we forgot her name. She does have no, a name. No, her name is Rael. Oh, Rael, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that is his love interest. Um, but Santan is really detached and also like using a tracking shot to introduce them kind of one after another. Mm-hmm. They show Santan mm-hmm. first and then they show Galu like dancing with the lady. Mm-hmm. It's almost like his attention from the lady is now gonna get disrupted by mm-hmm. this arrival of this new soldier, mm-hmm. Santan, kind of hinting at mm-hmm. him and how Galu's feelings don't get reciprocated. Him walking away and then the director showing Galu and the girl dancing is almost like how the feeling is not reciprocated at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah, and when Santan's walking away in the club, Galu is kind of facing his direction. You yeah. Know? It's almost like he's really facing towards yeah. Santan, but he's kind of telling himself no by having like this lady in front of him yeah what i found interesting about santan's character is that it's really mysterious like Mm -hmm. his responses to galus like angles of attacks as Mm -hmm. he said uh towards santan he's curious about it he wants Mm -hmm. to know yeah he wants to know why galu is like Mm -hmm giving him this different treatment Mm -hmm. but it's not the feeling of attraction that Mm -hmm. Galu is feeling so it's different kind of feeling and they make it really clear but it's different for Galu totally different case and Galu as a character is again he starts as a perfect legionnaire and um and you know he has um uh, I think in the movie they suggest that he has been in the army for a long time you know uh, he loves that structured life, like he makes his bed, you know, he is super cut about every single thing, mm-hmm. he wants his legionnaires to obey him, mm-hmm. he shows he has a deep respect and love for the commander, so he loves that structured and um, life where the power dynamic is like super clean, mm-hmm. but then when Santan is introduced, that power dynamic kind of starts to crumble, Right, mm-hmm. like he doesn't, he starts losing control, mm-hmm. which he 
hates himself or like he which he just quite doesn't understand i think yeah. it's more about not understanding why he's feeling that way mm-hmm. so he as a character is kind of like going through this new wave of emotions mm-hmm. right yeah yeah everything that's happening in Djibouti is a recollection of Galou's memories mm-hmm. and he really makes sure to highlight how when they were doing training they were doing these things where they were ironing where they were always doing these really structured training exercises and he loves that structure but whenever there's a scene that involves Santan that structure is kind of non-existent yeah it's really made clear in the movies whenever they're gaze meets mm-hmm. that's i guess when you get to get into the personal space of galu and and then again like uh, because it, this is a recollection of memories mm-hmm. when he is a living i guess a normal civil life mm-hmm. he has to have a structure again mm-hmm. right like he cuts down trees like i don't know what that was yeah. what was that for he just has to have mm-hmm. that structure again uh but like he the way he makes his bed and it's still really yeah like he's in the army they do make it clear that he is pretty unfit for civil life like the only place that he knows how to survive is the legion being in the legion right Mm -hmm. that's like just something that defined him and his life i feel like the behaviors that he's doing stems from his lack of understanding of himself and what he is experiencing he's in extreme denial yeah like Mm -hmm. extreme denial and it's it's really like you know when like little kids have crushes yeah. they just kind of deal with that by like being mean to their crush <laughs> yeah like it's they would that, pull your like, hair to that extreme to the yeah extreme. Mm-hmm. yeah they show it in like really subverted way and that is made really clear all the other legionnaires know that galu doesn't like you know santan and they tell santan to be careful with mm-hmm. him right not to get on his bad side the way he describes santan when he first saw him was that he saw this man who was striking but the feeling that santan invoked for him was that he didn't feel good about him he had a suspicion of him and he didn't trust him those feelings are kind of like he had no basis for that at all yeah it's just it's like how attraction doesn't have any basis you just see them and you feel it right yeah sometimes just like like attraction comes like it kind of creeps Mm -hmm. up and then he is kind of enamored by santan Mm -hmm. but then you know he feels like Santan just has this like secret plan or like mm-hmm. something off his sleeve that everyone should be careful about mm-hmm. is like him kind of trying to understand his attraction I mm-hmm. guess right like what is he doing to me it's mm-hmm. almost like he's being like what are you doing to me he doesn't quite get that yeah like this experience of attraction is just something I guess he never really felt to that yeah. level and the thing is like Santan is the type of I guess person that doesn't shy away from confrontation yeah confrontation like he doesn't like you know look away from his gaze and mm-hmm. I feel like that's also what drives Galu kind of nuts too. <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah. Every time you Santan yeah. really knows there's something's up. You know, Santan is not really oblivious. So I think what really drives Galu nuts at a certain point in the movie is when there's a, a helicopter maneuver causes a crash oh, of yeah. the helicopter yeah. and it falls in the sea mm-hmm. where there were already legionnaires and one of the legionnaires is actually saved by Santan and another one passes away. And for Santan's heroic work, the commander Forrester actually gives him his due and he tells him that he's done a great job and that he's he's brought honor. <laughs> yeah. And that 
affirmation just drives Galu nuts. He just like he threw his jacket and he was like screaming. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Since that incident, he confronts the commander and says that you should be careful with him. Mm -hmm. And to which the commander replies, like backstabbing is not something yeah. you do in the legion. That's like when he is losing himself. Even his training, the exercises that he wants the legionnaires to do become even more aggressive after that. Yeah. Point. And then how he treats that one soldier mm -hmm. who left his post. We can talk about that. Yeah. So how you know how the like the one soldier was. Santan, and then the one who went to uh, left his post, right? Mm -hmm. But he's uh, purposefully really aggressive towards that person, that soldier mm -hmm. who left his um, uh, who post. left his post in order yeah. to take a leak. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of creates another event in the movie where the soldier who went to take a leak is kind of like digging a hole and has been yeah. digging it for so many hours. Oh yeah, Galu made him do it. Yeah, Galu made him do it and he prohibited anyone from helping him or giving mm -hmm. him water. And then when Santan tries to give him water, our guy Galu just kicks the water mm -hmm, to, out of Santan's yeah. hand. Yeah, and Santan actually confronts him verbally. He says that this is not fair and then actually ends up hitting. Galoo. They have a physical confrontation and Santan hits Galoo in the yeah. face. And that was the tipping point for Galoo. And he makes sure to give Santan punishment that he deems that Santan deserves, yeah. which he didn't. And the thing about the punishment was that he left him in the middle of nowhere in Djibouti. They got there by their truck or whatever truck yeah <laughs> and they left him there but the way that santan was supposed to come back was using his compass what turned out to be the case was that galu actually messed with his compass in order to yeah it was premeditated he clearly says i will destroy santan yeah and like bring him to his end which santan is oblivious he doesn't know the compass is broken he mm -hmm. says like say hi you know to the commander i'll see you again <laughs> santan is really confident yeah that, that he'll I... make it back yeah which unfortunately is not the case yeah so Santan is just completely lost, his compass is broken, and he ends up close to the sea. That event of Galu just leaving Santan in the desert, that's where his life really changes. And he does feel remorse, and he does say something like, freedom starts with remorse. An impression that I got from that scene is maybe Galu thought that despite Santan having a broken compass, he's so skillful that he might even be able to make it back. Mm. I don't think I felt quite that way. I didn't feel like Glove had that impression, but that's interesting. I guess that just leads to the ending scene. <laughs> Yeah, so Galou doesn't, you know, fit into civil life back in France. He also is in constant remorse and regret. And he, he can't get over what he did to Santan. So seems like there's really nothing left for him. Yeah, and which just kind of leads to the ending scene of him dancing, which to me uh, is one of the few perfect scenes that mm -hmm. I've ever watched. And you know, I was really surprised to find out that it was only shot like two times and it was complete like mm -hmm. his in his own interpretation. The actors. Yeah, yeah and we just showed that the director and then the actor had like such a good relationship and understanding of mm -hmm. Ghost uh, character. Mm -hmm. So in that uh, final scene, I guess maybe we can talk about how we interpreted that the scene dancing. of him like laying down on his bed. Because it's up to people's interpretation, right? Mm -hmm. 
to me, I how I interpret it is that he committed suicide. Yeah, I thought the same thing, mm-hmm. and I think that makes sense. Even Claire Denis herself has said that you know in the end, they sing Galut did commit suicide, but she didn't want to make it so explicit. In mm-hmm. fact, she wanted to end it with something else, which I guess was more representative of his spirit or what he would have actually you know, put out be, on the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that dance scene is like the exact opposite of Galu as a character. It's mm-hmm. free, it's energetic, there's like, there's just this passion mm-hmm. for life. He's like free from all these restraints that he has put himself in. And that transition from the pulse on his hand to that dance scene is really, really well done. It's like what, yeah. what that was that that kind of feeling was inside him, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's the expression it's of kind the of symbolic, feeling, yeah, yeah. Like symbolic of what he was feeling. Mm-hmm. He had the capacity for that kind of feeling, mm-hmm. that kind of expression. Mm-hmm. But it's just that he just didn't know how to project it. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of holding it in, and I feel like it gets to the point where he couldn't hold it anymore, yeah. right? Like it just and it was literally pulsating out of his body. Yeah, I think one of the videos that Claire Jenner was talking about is like almost like a dance to his death. Yeah, if you watch the movie, you probably know that the ending was just so brilliant, and, and then, it's it's satisfying because we finally see Galu release this energy that he has been suppressing so badly throughout the whole movie, and his this energy that he has subverted into something so ugly Mm -hmm. um but in its purest form that's really what it was you know yeah what's in the dance scene was his like what he should have been maybe now we can talk about or just more general. general yeah i think what i really appreciated about this was just how subtle it was all the I guess psychological processes that Galu is going through is shown in extremely subtle ways and you kind of have to pay attention and paying attention to this movie also forces you to have the tactile experiences that this movie offers you with Yeah. because this whole movie is so close to the sand, the sun, the sky mm. and what the setting has offered this movie requires precise attention from you mm-hmm. and I feel like that just went so well hand in hand. Yeah, I think the one word that I that just came to my mind when I was watching it the second time was just like like I could describe this movie as pulsating. Mm-hmm. It's just just from the beginning, there's just something that is pulsating. Like you're quite on the edge. Like you know, like yeah. something that is just like on the horizon and that's coming closer. I think that was so expertly portrayed because in the movie, like in the beginning, they make it clear that all of this is Galu's memory mm-hmm. recollections. And so we're, it's kind of like we're inside Galu's mind. And yeah. we're also feeling his pulsations. Yeah. It's so like... the movies, the film's music having the sort of pulsation and the scenes, the, the exercises having the sort of pulsation. Yeah, I guess the one word that's frequently associated with the movies mm-hmm. that like a rhythm. I mean, the, the last song is like rhythm. Of yeah. Life. And like just thinking about that, I really, yeah. really like the consistency. We can also talk about how we felt about the female gaze in this movie. Because let's yes. not forget, <laughs> the movie is directed by Claire Denise. And yeah. the cinematographer, who also played a huge role in this movie, is Agnes Goddard, who's also a lady. Yeah, and the editor, The editor too. is also a lady. There is something special about being a female director. Because what you're making is really a product of you. And being of a certain gender versus yeah. the other gender or any other gender is extremely polarizing. And so that is definitely going to reflect on somebody's taste and somebody's choice of 
what is significant. Also, I think female directors are able to maybe capture sensuality like a little bit better, but not in an overtly erotic way. For example, like Claire Denise clearly said that Rael, the girl that we see as being like a love interest for Galoo at the beginning, you know, in her real life, she was starting her life as a prostitute. Mm -hmm. She was 18, she was starting. It wasn't the case that she was shy in front of the camera, but she didn't want her job to be the main focus, mm -hmm. which, you know, Claire Denise translated that feeling really well. She chose to present uh, Rael in a more discreet manner, mm -hmm. right? All those choices mm -hmm. of discreteness is also really brilliant. There's no like a super obvious sexualization of women's bodies mm -hmm. or like male bodies. Mm -hmm. It's just bodies in a shot that's passing by yeah. the cinematographer. The cinematographer yeah. mentions it as well. The setting in Djibouti is that it's extremely hot, it's very arid, and so when they're doing their exercises on the sand, that's really just the reality, you know? <laughs> they have to be shirtless, they have to be on very close to the sand, and what really just came out of the scene naturally is that they're really exposed, which yeah. some might interpret as being an intentional yeah, um, deliberate act choice. Of, mm -hmm, yeah, an intentional choice made by female directors to make men yeah. seem really soft and really... Um, sexualized but I think yeah. she clearly says like mm -hmm. I was just looking at what they were doing yeah I was not thinking about them in a sexual way when scenes are just really overtly sexualized you become super aware of the fact that you're watching it but with this movie you don't feel that way mm -hmm. the scenes of uh, Galoo leaving like this juice or something in Rael's hand when she's sleeping mm -hmm. right it's just this gestures and this mm -hmm. discreet gestures of uh, sensuality and sexuality but like they don't just throw it in your face and be like there you go this is what you came here for mm -hmm. right yeah, that's what I really liked about the movie. It's like a warm embrace. We can also talk about just how much the movie focuses on beauty rather than focusing on sexualizing men. It's more just about really observing their beauty and... Yeah, it's like beauty of relationships mm -hmm. too. Even even the title Beau Travail is French for beautiful work, apparently. Mm -hmm. And so all the beautiful decisions that they've made in this movie is not an accident. It's not an accident that they hired these actors who are good-looking and these actresses who are also very beautiful. And it's not an accident that they're in an extremely beautiful area in Djibouti. Mm -hmm. yeah. So all of that is intentional, which also makes it interesting why the character Gelu had such ugly actions. <laughs> <laughs> why he had to make such ugly decisions it's like uh, because direct contrast mm -hmm. with what's all this beautiful things surrounding mm -hmm. him and i feel like the movie really presented really natural a realistic relationship it's like the relationships that you see are not forced between Galoo and rael for example mm -hmm. right their relationship doesn't you know function to serve like a really specific purpose Okay, that's not to say, like, they ha didn't have any purpose. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's not like they put it in there to throw in some love interest. If you look at it one way, Rayal kind of helps Galoo cope with the fact that he's having these other feelings. Mm, maybe, yeah. And also, like, I guess, presents that Galoo is also not a totally closed-up person. He has this tenderness mm -hmm. that he shows to Rael, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is just made clear uh, by certain scenes. 
it just makes you wonder why he is so tender and gentle with Rael versus how he treats the real object of his desire, who is Santa, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that goes into how it was kind of taboo mm-hmm. to, you know, be attracted to a same sex. Mm-hmm. I was curious to know exactly how Royale felt about Galou because there's a shot of him looking straight at the camera and she looks very playful. It almost makes it seem like they do have something authentic going on, mm. but it's hard to tell. Yeah, to me, their relationship does feel authentic, but I, I think Galou just doesn't desire Royale in the same way mm-hmm. as he does with Santana. I guess for Galou, it's not the case that he has nothing towards Royale. He, yeah. he does actually remember her really fondly. He keeps yeah. on thinking about her as yeah, well. Mm-hmm. You get glimpses of her. But I just think that relationship could have fit into his structured life, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, yeah. it makes sense, it's allowed, it's not something that you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he didn't pursue it for longer, but mm-hmm. he, he already lost, I guess, his desire for that life. You know, there was just no going back from mm-hmm. that guilt yeah. and remorse. So Yeah, Galu also did appreciate his life as a legionnaire. He also <laughs> did appreciate, you know, the beauty of just being there and I think Rael was also a part of that it was a part of his very beautiful memory as a legionnaire yeah uh, looking at Galoo and how he acts how he's holds so much inside you're just like just let it go yeah you just want to feel like just let it go one time just admit it to yourself I feel like that's our initial reaction to something that we don't understand too is that we're like confused about why we're feeling that way mm-hmm. we want to deny that we like feel that way if it's something that we feel like we shouldn't be feeling that kind of feeling is translated so well and it just you know makes you want to just you know shake glue and just be like hey yeah like man you need to like just accept it yeah also i think his situation is not completely unique mm-hmm. um in the context of having homosexual desires and the way they explored this is completely new to me. It reminds me of situations where extremely homophobic people actually themselves turned out to be part of the... Yeah, you know, it's like that subverted... LGBT. Kind of, yeah, like the projection. And it's just the process of coping. Yeah, it's like how mm-hmm. Galu just wants to be in control. Mm-hmm. But deep down, Galu knows that Santan, like, he just has a grip over him. Like, yeah. he knows it. He, he tried, just... to, he really tried to control Santan, but like, he, yeah. that was only a symptom of him having no control over himself. Yeah, like, I feel like he knew that Santan had this overwhelming power over him that he can't fight, and that's just what's driving him crazy. Um, so we also have to mention that the movie is based off of Herman Melville's Billy Budd. Mm-hmm. It's a book that Melville was working on and it was unfinished at the time of his death. And the three characters are pretty much directly based off of the three characters in the book. Mm-hmm. There's Billy Budd, who is basically Santan. And then there's the captain of the ship. And then there's also another commander, commander mm-hmm. who has those feelings towards Billy Budd. Apparently, this was written around the time when a lot of people in literature were starting to explore homosexual identities. So that's what, I guess, gave rise to the book Billy Budd. Claire Denis mentioned how she heard the word foreign and immediately she thought of the foreign legion. Mm -hmm. And she kind of put the pieces together. She put from one side Billy Budd and then from the other side the idea of the French legion together. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of created the two necessary components for this movie. Yeah, but she was also offered from like a French 
TV to make a movie about Legionnaires. Oh, to be yeah, a yeah, foreigner. Yeah. So she, yeah. she was asked to make a movie about yeah. being a foreigner. And people didn't like the idea of her uh, exploring homosexuality in this movie about Legion. I think what the French TV was expecting was something more like a documentary style <laughs> or like, you know, just something that's not <laughs> as like deviational mm-hmm. as uh, what she wanted to mm-hmm. present. But uh, she was quite set on doing it in the way that she wanted. Which we really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, Claire Denise is a wonderful director. Yeah. We didn't talk about the face-off scene. It really perfectly encapsulates the relationship between Santan and Galoop. You know, looking at somebody's eyes, what does that represent? It does represent that you have a connection and this intense stare into somebody in one way. It really communicates intense attraction, but when they're walking towards themselves like that, we can also see that hostility. Yeah. And I feel like that scene just really encapsulates both of these emotions. Yeah, and the only person who knew what was unfolding was the commander, Bruno. Mm -hmm. He was able to sense that relationship that was going on between Mm -hmm. Santan and Galu. It's really similar on Billy Butt as well. The commander was the one who was the voice of reason. And I think he also really admired Billy Butt. Yeah, so overall, the movie really just made me feel excited about life. It just kind of reminded me, I guess, that life's like pretty rich. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it just gives you this fraction of what life is Mm -hmm. in a really like one hour. And it focuses on that little fraction of life very well. It's like an experience that you can kind of relate to mm-hmm. because it's so human. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what makes made this movie really mm-hmm. great and special to I us. I really enjoyed, I guess, the tactile aspect of the movie and how close it felt. Just following Galus, his psychological progression is really subtle. Like, yeah. like I didn't notice it, you know, when I first watched it. Following it really carefully is really interesting and really mesmerizing. So yeah, that was our experience with Bourchevel. We will make the next podcast on... We're not sure what film yet. And hopefully the next one will be more structured. If you listen to this, I guess, (laughs) tell us what you want to hear about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and um, hopefully the next one will be more structured, more uh, clean. Uh, But that's it. Um, Thanks for... If you listened it up until the end, thanks for staying with us. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, I think that's good.